With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Welcome back. So exciting. Oh, wait. we got to do this for our editor. Give her a clap on yours. Editor. Should we do them at the same time? Yeah, let's do it. All right. One, two, three. <laughs> wait, I did that too. <laughs> let's clap on three. Okay. One, two. We're live. Welcome back. I don't think I've ever done a, a one, two, three. Do we have an editor? Clap in before. We've got an editor now. Well, that's big news right there. <sighs> It's a huge relief, dude. I mean, that is a major, major move in the surf splendor world. You know why it's possible, of course. Because of the subscribers. I really I really feel a debt of gratitude today, specifically to As the you subscribers. Should. As you should. Would you like to know why? Yeah. My life is good. I woke up, did some work, answered some emails, then went surfing. Get to hang here and talk about surfing with you. Perfect. Get to hang with Pat O'Connell later to talk about surfing with him. Even better. Yeah. It's like, that's a good day. I, I'm doing stuff that I really enjoy doing. And not editing the podcast. And then there's that. I mean, that should be the best part of your entire day is not doing something. You want to know the best uh, in maybe even better than getting the editor. Uh, I got a CPA, also, <sighs> also a podcast listener. What? I know. You have a CPA? Yeah. I need one of those. To do our taxes for the podcast. Uh-oh. I got audited by the IRS. No way. Wow. This year? Yeah. I mean, oh, not for shoot. this year. For another year. For years past? A year, multiple years For past. a one year past. But Uh-oh. yeah, man, I'll What's tell you gonna what. What's going to happen? It's just the biggest headache that I've ever had in my entire life. Yeah. Yeah, it is an awful, awful nightmare. Do you have all of the documents that they ask for? Are you kidding me? Are you? Do you know me? <laughs> yeah. Which is why I asked the question, just to let you answer. I basically. do not. I do not. So, yeah. So, if they assess that you owe them money and you don't have documentation to prove them wrong, do you just owe them the money? I don't think so. Okay. I think it's, who knows? I'm no CPA. But I would love for a listener to be one and reach out to me and say, I've got you. No worries. Well, I think at that point, maybe then you need a listener who's an attorney as well. And, and, and I probably need a phalanx of, of legal and professional support at this point, including probably Therapy. psychological. Yeah. On down the line. Yeah. Well, thank you to listeners. Of course. I mean, this is, I do, I, I'm not joking. This wasn't part of the conversation that I had planned, but I did. I felt like a debt of gratitude today for um, uh, su- 
sponsor revenue over the years has been uh, good and bad. You know, sure. at times it's great, at times it's not there. And so I've maintained a day job, which I still maintain throughout all of this. And, but now that we have kind of a bedrock of listener support, there's um, less anxiety. And so I can just kind of focus on these types of doing the work, you doing the, doing the content creation. You I mean. are living your best life. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> thank you listeners. Yeah. Thank you listeners. Yeah. Um, and as a thank you to those listeners, we have giveaways. I mean, see, How this about is, this? this is a relationship that goes both ways. It really does. It swings both ways, this relationship. And I would like to say too, this Shred Skate Co, um, the skateboards that are made out of upcycled surfboard manufacturing waste. They, How come, ups, is upcycled different than recycled? Does recycled have a negative connotation? Is upcycled like we're taking this stuff and making it something be better, whereas recycling, we're taking this and turning it either into the same thing or something worse? Like if I, reci if I recycle a plastic bottle, right? It becomes maybe a plastic bottle, maybe something not so cool. Maybe they make board shorts and stuff nowadays out of those. So that would be considered upcycled, right? Is that the whole point of upcycling is to take something and make it better? Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's just a marketing term, I think, <laughs> but, but I, I think the marketers would make that distinction. Yeah, yeah. Is that it becomes a better thing than what it was originally. And this skateboard is well better than surfboard waste. Well, the good thing is, yeah, that waste would have just gone in the garbage. So it's not better than a surfboard, but the product that this specifically comes from would have ended up in the garbage, in a landfill somewhere. So well, now you're making me think though, could you theoretically not take surfboard waste and make a surfboard? Yeah, but I think there's a structural integrity component there. That a skateboard doesn't need? Well, so they do make, let me think. So the resin, once the resin, resin catalyzes and hardens and ends up on the ground. You got no, you got no flex probably or limited. So you can, can you recycle the resin and make it liquid again? That would be step one. Yeah. And then would you want to use that in a surfboard? There would be a lot of impurities in it. And I don't think that matters so much with the deck of a skateboard because yeah. you're just making a solid lamination rather than having it be a composite, like, um, around foam skimboards. You can make skimboards. Yeah. Wakeboards. Would that be upcycle though? Or would that just be recycled? <laughs> I think that would be recycled. <laughs> I agree. Um, Shred Skate Code did not pay for this advertising. They did not ask me to give this skateboard away. They simply gave it to me. This was not like a promotional thing. And then I said, look, I'm going to be 40 years old per this year. And I got a kid on the way. I should not be skateboarding on this thing. This thing's fast. It's dangerous. Um, kids should be risking themselves on this thing, not grown men. So are you, is this hopefully going to one of the many child listeners of the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Hopefully. Actually, so the uh, one of the founders of Shred Skate Co. picked the winner this morning. Ooh, do you so have a name? I got a name right now. Are we going to, are we going to drum roll it <laughs> on the count of three? <laughs> Taylor Scholes. Taylor Scholes for sure is a young a young at heart. For sure. I and know Taylor Scholes. Yeah, Taylor's been, um, that's the great thing about this is Taylor, I did not pick Taylor's name. Yeah. One of the founders of Shred picked from the names of people who followed them and tagged three people. But Taylor's been a great supporter. Like if we've ever asked for any type of support, Taylor's first in line. Totally. To sign up for the subscription platform or whatever. So this is actually going to a longtime listener. And uh, presuming it's the same Taylor, I th there might be more than one. I can't imagine there's many Taylor Scholes, but yeah. this is, this makes me so happy because I feel this is like the third or fourth time 
that there has been a giveaway that has gone to a core listener. Like it was, it was the surfboard went to the dude I met. Remember? Yeah. Uh, who was that again? That was, I forget who's, who, I forget. Name it was the most recent one was Derek Riggs, but that's not who you're talking. No, about. the one before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I met the, the recipient who was like fully awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love that this stuff, I mean, I suppose the community is what it is, right? Where I guess so. I'm always expecting it to end up going to somebody in like some rando Korea yeah. and I have to ship the skateboard to Korea. We do have listeners in Korea, by the way. Sweet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, incidentally, it goes to Taylor Schultz, by the way, I think it is, not Schultz. Yeah. But Makes no um, sense. Schultz. Schultz. So shout out to Taylor. Congratulations. Anybody who's interested, follow Shred Skate Co. Um, because obviously they're cool and they support us. Have fun, Taylor. Go rip one. Yeah. And then I'll be announcing the winner for the surfboard, the Roger Hines Dreamfish Twin on the first at the end of the month. So look forward to that. Do you think when Matt Parker of album surfboards, where in we do the program, record the program, when he hears other surfboard shapers names, does he listen outside and say, curse those a little bit jerks? I think a little bit. I think he's most, he's never said a word. He's never said we can't talk about other brands, Yeah, but we've had Devin Howard on a number of times Oh yeah, and Devin works for a competing brand and Devin will always like uh, Devin's a great marketer. He really is. He'll just like shoehorn. Is that the right word? Yeah. But uh, it's not even Devin is so smooth. He is. It's not even shoehorn. He like, it's like buttering your bread. Totally. And I don't call him out. He'll do it and I'll chuckle in my head. Yeah. But I don't call him out because I'm like, I want to see if listeners actually pick it up or not. Um, I had him on spit with Scott Bass like a month ago. And we were talking about one of the Australian leg contests. And we're like, you know, talking about whatever the storyline was, sure. which had no CI team writer yeah. in it. And then Devin's just like, yeah, but what about that wild card Reef Hazelwood? Yeah, you know? yeah, we're yeah. Like, Scott's like, who? Real good. You know, like, who is that? Real good. And he's good. like, yeah, he, he looks pretty good. And we're like, I think he lost pretty early. And Devin's yeah. like, yeah, but he looked pretty good. You know, just Making it happen for the brand. And in my head, I was just laughing, thinking, if, who's going to call this one out on the internet? If you were starting another company that wasn't a podcast empire, let's say a hard goods company, a surf company, and you could have your pick of hires across the surf industry spectrum. Would Devin Howard be in your top five? I wouldn't have said yes previous to his current job, but yes. Yeah. Because I thought he was more one dimensional previously, but he's not. He's a multi-dimensional. Multifaceted. But I I figure though, Devin Howard on here, Spruken Channel Islands is great, but uh, I got a text early last week from a listener, great guy, who ordered an album, I think an ASIM, based purely on the podcast. Good. Yeah. I've, so and I've gotten that a lot too. Yeah. We um the last board we gave away was an album of Twinsmen and I got ten maybe, like five to ten people saying that they ordered one in yeah. Australia, in here in California, everywhere. So Matt Parker, so. take your bad attitude and shove it. <laughs> Matt Parker just walked by. He did. Um, I think they can hear us outside this room because okay. once we're done recording, I'll notice I can hear them. I think they're keeping <laughs> their voices low while we're, we are recording. Um, man, we've got all sorts of stuff to cover, cover land rights issues, uh, WSL stuff. We have locals versus Vals. Do we? What was that uh, story? Valibu. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's actually start with a couple of Val 
emails. Let's do it. I'm making a mess of this today, man. Yeah. It's hard out of the, I'm telling you, I saw your flat white cup and I was like, Hey, who brands their coffee flat white? That's like not that cool. Uh, B I was thinking David Lee scales is off the reservation, mixing his greens. Uh, I'm sorry. Athletic greens, not in the approved container. Forgot the approved container. I know the approved container. No, no muss, no fuss. It was really one of my uh, struggles this morning as I was driving here. I was like, how am I going to mix that stuff? I don't want to taint my water bottle. You can't, I mean, water bottle, great as they are, unless it's water, leaves a bad... Have you ever tried to have any kind of cocktail out of your water bottle? No, white wine. We've brought white oh, wine to the beach in it before. Disgusting. You do what you got to do, though. I, of course, and you, you're like... It's not disgusting as to the point of not drinking it, but you can definitely taste the metallic. Totally. Yeah. Completely. All right, so a couple of emails. Let's burn through. Um, this... Toby in Portugal says, couple of thoughts for new listeners to consider. Mm-hmm. For Val listeners, I'm he excited. wants to give them advice. He says, number one, whenever Chaz says the words real quick, it invariably means, we're going to talk about this for at least 25 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> number two, when a story comes from Chaz's source at the WSL, it is never true. Uh, he goes on to say, while I'm in full agreement with your suggestions for a better WSL, the one about masters slash legends is especially true. Yes. When Tom Curran got that wave at J Bay against Aki a few years ago, I swear I felt more emotion than I have in the hundreds of heats that I've watched since. I mean, hit your audience, right? I would argue that, you know, I don't know if the world surf league has kept up with their robust TikTok. Uh, following, remember that? Remember those stories where I think they did were. Somebody in... send you this DM this week? No, it was oh, da- somebody just did. Oh, really? I mean, they, Derek they wrote... tracked the followers on the last yeah. event, and yeah, there was like Derek wrote. Derek wrote this story, yeah, yeah. M- months yeah. ago yeah. though. Like this is where the WSL was really through the you know doing well is in TikTok, which great. You know that's where the kids I think still are and all this. Um, and so. Yeah, but aside from that, on the regular broadcast, I would imagine they are the WSL viewer as an aged male. Yeah, so totally. would want to see Parco just as much as Greg Hazelwood. Great call. And th- this email is in reference to we were saying Taj and Mick lose in the first, essentially the last place yeah. at the wild card when they had the wild cards these last two events. Nathan Hedge would have shredded, you know? Killed it. And then it's like, okay, well, how do you narrow it down to the one guy? Well, no, you should just have a division of those guys because we all want to watch them. Also, though, if they're not going to do the division, which I can't imagine the WSL doing anything interesting moving forward, uh, but there should be a way. Nathan Hedge, Taj Burrow doesn't need money, right? Taj Burrow has zero incentive other than pride, but you could tell as he was dropping anchor out there, he doesn't even have that much pride, right? Like he's, <laughs> I think it's camaraderie is why he's doing it. He's living his life. It's fine. He didn't want to go shame himself, but he did. And it doesn't really affect him. Otherwise, like he'll maybe catch a couple ribbings at the pub, right? Like somebody will be, oh, Taj, funny, funny you. And yeah. he'll say, ha ha. And then it'll be over. Uh, a guy like Nathan Hedge, I could guess, might need some financial incentive where you really say, hey, Hedge. Guess what? You win one heat, we're gonna give you ten grand. You win two heats, we're gonna give you fifty grand. You're gonna win three heats. You get to the quarters. 
we're going to give you a hundred grand. How fun would that be? If you actually had guys who needed money, J Bottle Thompson out there just scrapping for dollars. Yeah. And I don't think they even need to make um, a special amount of money for the wild cards. It would, cause it's all built into the structure already. 8,000 bucks for last place. I don't know. I, I think it was at one time a couple of years ago. And then 16,000 for the next second to last place. I think know? for this, letting these older men and women right. come in though, I think you'd have to like pay specific bills for them. Okay. Be like you, <laughs> you, what's uh, your phone bill? This uh, month? Yeah, like your kid is getting <laughs> braces. We know that runs exactly 38 grand or whatever. So we are going to cover your kids' braces, right? Like hit them where they're at. All these older guys. Genius. Yeah. It's Project to belly, Project Hedge. I mean, Project Hedge, pay for, I mean, how old do you imagine his kids are? Does he have kids? I have no idea. They'd have to be like teenage-ish, right? If they need braces. You could do, I mean, braces, scholarship fund, like whatever. He has expenses. These old guys, the ones who weren't like, I mean, the fact that they're letting Mech and Taj in, in the first place, those guys, again, don't need anything. Let the people who fully need something in. Alimony payment. Exactly. Alimony. <laughs> and then that's what's on the line. You win this heat. Imagine the amount of people who would tune in, watch, cheer, be excited about Chris Ward's legal fees. <laughs> right? This is one of the better concepts you've come up <laughs> with. I've got to say. I mean, it's. I think it's... It's solid top to bottom. And it, if the WSL is going for listeners, I mean, sorry, they're not a podcast. If they're going for viewers, I don't understand. I've said it once, said it a thousand times. The, I can't even remember which team it was. I think it was the White Sox uh, in baseball. Maybe it was the Expos. There was one team in the 70s, one baseball team that numbers were down and they just went hog wild. They had like crazy giveaways during the middle of the game, wacky uniforms, like celebrities come out and pitch. It was like a full on, you know, a major league baseball team because they knew none of this matters that, you know, sanctity of the game, the you actually winning all of this stuff doesn't much matter. If people aren't watching, how do we get people to watch and just gimmicked the heck out of it where WSL, why treat this? Like it's some jewel that needs to be protected. Throw the kitchen sink at it and let's have fun. Agreed completely. Yeah. I love it. Perfect. Well, there you go. I'll I'll get back to Toby from Portugal's email, but in reference to TikTok, um, listener Nick Halloran, who actually, he's in Virginia Beach and he has a business called Mar. It's Make and Ride. Nice. Surf Exchange. So he shapes boards, but they also have a shaping bay that you can go in and like either rent out or just take lessons to learn how to shape. Is it like one of those things where you do your own pottery? Yes, it is. Perfect. What is that place called? I think, I can't even remember. I was going to try to make a... Pots for us or something. Uh, I was going to make a version for him, but Martin Pottery. Martin Potter. <laughs> uh, Mar is Make and Ride Surf Exchange in Vir- Virginia Beach. I was in Virginia Beach a couple of years ago, and he was like, hey, dude, I heard you're coming through. You want to come shape a board? So I went and shaped a board with him. Do you have a board? No, I only made it like halfway through, and I was like, my arms hurt. This is tiring. Yeah. And he finished it for me. Did Was it a good board? I have no idea. I never saw it again. Did it? Did he, he offer it? Probably. Maybe it was like a shop, like a loaner or something. He offered to like... I'll send it to you. I'll glass it. I'll finish it. And I'm like, dude, I have so many surfboards. Like, thank you. But I, I was more dunk. interested in just learning how to use the tools. Did I've it shaped feel, a couple before. Did it feel fun to use the planer? 
No, it's not for me at all. Do you, using the planer, do you think that the Pizels, Biolises, who else? Who's another long-term? Mm. Parker? Long-term. Uh, I'm thinking of like, yeah, these guys have been doing it. I mean, yeah. I'm Pat Rawson. Any one of them. Uh, do they just have forearms stronger than strong? They have old man strength in their forearms and bad backs. Yeah. Terrible backs. But forearm strength that makes up for a bad back. And ballerina-like feet. Yeah. Have you, to, in order to get like a clean sweep down the board, you have to like cross-step like, I don't know, who? Joe Frazier? Mm. Or a longboarder probably? Yeah. I don't know. Joel Tudor. Uh, exactly. So anyways, Nick happened to send this email about TikTok. I wasn't going to bring it up, but since you mentioned it, he said he was um, on TikTok the other night during the Rotnest event and... On night one, there was 113 viewers. Yep. I guess TikTok shows how many viewers yep. there are. And on night two, 115. He goes, this made me a little sad, but it also kind of made me laugh. I opened the live comment feed, and there was a few surfers trying to educate other people. Countless questions like, why are they just sitting there? Obviously, TikTok doesn't have a robust surf fan base, but they're, so they're asking these kind of very primary questions. Why are they just sitting there? I thought surf contests took place in better waves than this. Gosh, this is so boring. How does anyone watch this? And he says, for reference, I happened across a few other live streams that night. A political debate between, between two 20-somethings that had 5,000 viewers, an old man singing karaoke alone in his bedroom, 7,000 viewers, a middle-aged guy blankly staring into the camera and reading comments with the text, make me laugh. 1,000 viewers, and a paraplegic bedridden DJ with 4,000 viewers. And the WSL, again, had 115. 115 on night two. Ooh, so I guess moment. their TikTok viewership has tanked. I think, you know, different platforms are good for different things, and a live streaming surf contest probably isn't appropriate for TikTok. They would have to re-edit it and do, or get somebody to dance on screen or something like that. Do you think Jack Robinson's pirate live feed from the box would have done okay I think at, so. on TikTok? I would think so. Yeah. Action. Yeah. Kids can't wait. I mean, you're sitting eight minutes in between waves, you know? Imagine that. Yeah. So anyways, um, back to Toby in Portugal. He went on to say, and on the subject of cringe, did you read that extract from Paul Thoreau's novel in the last uh, Surfer's Journal? As Chaz might say, actually, he said, love me some Paul Thoreau ri travel riding, but under the wave at Waimea, I'd love to hear your and Chaz's thoughts. If Chaz is ever bored with surf journalism, with his surf journalism persona, maybe he should try fiction. It's not like there's, doesn't look like there's much competition. I uh, reviewed Thoreau's book on Beach Grit. Do we not talk about it? Oh, yeah. Paul from Portugal. Uh, Toby, Toby, sorry, Toby from Portugal. I reviewed Thoreau's book and yeah, it's, I wanted to like it. Uh, not the book itself. I got it from somebody long story. I, it's not a long story. It's a short story. The publicist sent it to me based on the recommendation of a surf personality that I thoroughly love. And so it came blank. Thought you would like this book. Here you go. I'm just going to say it. Friggin' Jamie Brissick. Jamie Brissick, who I think wrote the Surface Journal piece, right? On Thoreau? I'm not yeah. sure. So J Thoreau's publisher says that Jamie Brissick thought you would like this. Here you go. Uh, I read the first page and I was like gagging. 
and I couldn't believe it. And skimmed forward and was like, I mean, and so I didn't want to do anything about it just because, but then I did, I did something on beach grit where, yeah, it is just the row. I think fantastic author, right? Mosquito coast, all that like has his, has his plaudits, like has done great stuff. Uh, he lives in Hawaii. I think he splits time between Hawaii and somewhere else, maybe Hawaii and New York. So just by virtue of being in Hawaii thinks that he knows surf culture. And that's always the number one downfall is if you have somebody who thinks they know something, it's going to be bad with surf. I think particularly if some guy is a good writer and thinks they're adjacent to this thing, like his main character, uh, the big wave. I mean, it was so chalk stuffed with, bad cliche of the way that totally uneducated people want to dream about surfers where it was just, it would have been way better if Paul Thoreau had never ever been even surfer adjacent and written his dream scenario. Then it would have been interesting. He thought he knew this world uh, and wrote about it in a painfully glaringly lame way in my opinion. And, but Jamie Brissick liked it. So don't take my word, take Jamie Brissick's. I don't, so as, I love Brissick. I don't think of him as being like really critical. He's he's like discerning. He has favorites and all that sort of stuff. But I don't think that he would ever take like a real critical stance on. Anybody. I didn't know how. Like I felt bad because it seemed this one seemed like such fish in a barrel. I mean, to me, it was so egregiously wrong. Yeah. From the gate. Uh, well, let's make let's. Be clear, you said, the publisher said, Jamie said that you would like it. The, Jamie didn't reach out himself. No, no, the publicist, the publicist hit me up and was like, it wasn't even that Jamie said you would like this. It was something like, you know. They referenced Jamie, but Jamie didn't reach out and be like, hey, this is really good. No, but but Jamie did. I think Jamie must be friends with Paul Thoreau because uh, did the Surfers Journal piece, did another right, piece, I think right, wrote right. a excerpt for it. You know, I think Jamie was out there pushing the book, which is great, like. I love getting your friends backs and all that kind of stuff, which is why I didn't want to savage it. But I heard Paul Thoreau talking about it then on NPR and then read something in the New York times about it. And I was like, this is, this cannot stand. So went went after it. So he wrote the mosquito coast and then Justin Thoreau is the lead in the Apple series. Are they they related? I have no idea to be honest. It's really coincidental. I was just going to say no, but I feel like I've read somewhere my source of the WSL tells me that they, <laughs> that they might be. Um, it's not a common name. It's not uncommon, but it's not that common. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that's the crux with writing surf fiction. The original cringe moment that Toby was referencing was we were talking just, if you're an actual surfer, you don't really want to discuss it. And you cringe when other people do discuss it. Especially in really like completely uh, cliche ways yeah. of like the chattering foam. Well, so that face and the, so she you, runs his, her bat, her hand across his which is, well muscled back from paddling big waves. Yeah. Which is why it can't exist. Yeah. Cause true surfers don't want to discuss it and then outsiders can't get it right. So it just should be a non ready for you ready for a little peek behind the curtain here. Uh-oh. So what Paul Thoreau's book made me do, and now I'm stuck. I just realized that, yeah, I have to go back to my other book and edit it for a minute, but this is still in the works, is I thought, surf fiction is so dumb, uh, and it's partially because surfing itself and surf culture is so dumb. 
right? I mean, it's so, it's funny, but dumb. Uh, and then I was thinking, as I was sitting there thinking, thinking, what is the most pointless surf incident that has happened in the last little while? And I was thinking, and I was thinking, and I thought, it is the fight between me and Ashton. And so I started, and I'm sort of in the middle now, of writing that whole thing, like an epic long narrative of, wow. yeah, starting from the podcast, ending at Ashton's girlfriend slash wife yelling at me, hat selling and yelling at me at the, at the event on, yeah. It's not a big enough ending. There's, there's an ending to come. Oh, there's an ending to come. Don't you worry. I'm building the ending to come. In. Okay. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, because an interaction with his wife is sure to spark an actual response from Ashton and that's bubbling and so, that will come. So what this needs to do is tee up Smith Goggins 3, Las Vegas, a proper ring, ding, 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 the bell, gambling, whole nine. A rubber whole, match. Yeah, the rubber match, Smith Goggins 3. Sweet. Yeah. I cannot wait. I mean, you're, you're going to be on the mic. You're going to be, Clearly. let's, I mean, you can't say let's get ready to rumble because that is... I'll come up with my own. Yeah, you'll have to come up with your own. Let's yeah. get ready to shake our athletic greens. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Dot com slash surf. <laughs> <laughs> you know what the number one feedback I get from people is when I said we're going to do um, the live viewing party from the ult for the Ultimate yes. Surfer? They want to hear a live read. They're like, can you please do live commercials? Oh, for sure. Are you kidding? On the spot. We don't want to have like a show where you edit in the commercials. We want to see those commercials live because we'll turn, that's the best part of the show we will turn down the volume bring our athletic greens you know speaking of commercials did we when back in the day when we had ebay sneakers did we get a discount for using no the listeners didn't get a discount no. i finally ordered a pair of shoes off ebay sneakers and as i was ordering them was thinking i totally blew it if i would have ordered these a month ago i could have got a discount but i wouldn't have gotten a discount no. okay, no discount they were just like spread the word we're the number one marketplace. Well, it worked. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, so I got another email here. So I, uh, this is from Anthony. I don't know his location, but he says, so I've been a listener to The Grid since day one, a couple of years ago. And uh, I also subscribe and support the podcast. So I think that qualifies me to receive an opinion on a very personal matter. Sure does. I don't surf very often. I'm 33 now. I started surfing about five years ago. I've worked two jobs to provide for my family as a sole provider, uh, coupled with living in Florida where the waves really aren't that great when I am available to surf. If it was up to me, I'd surf all day, every day, any conditions, and I often surf terrible conditions. But I learned as an adult, I don't use surfer vernacular, I don't surf much, and I actually liked chasing Mavericks. So, Chaz... My heart is like a hardcore surfer, but am I relegated to a vow? Yes. Own it, love it, be it. Here's the thing. There's nothing wrong, prima facie, prima Dr. Fauci, for being a vow, with being a vow, right? Being a vow is not in itself bad. Uh, it is the certain kind of vow is bad. But I've been thinking about this more lately, to be honest. And there does need to be a new category. Maybe Val is bad, and we need to have the... Uh, okay, backtracking here. 
editor, cut that part out because now uh, be, we got to have a new category because the vulnerable adult learner is what makes the vowel, right? This guy's not vulnerable. He is solid in who he is. He is taking the time to both learn about the culture, loves the culture for what it is, is part of what, I mean, we've always said this, part of what makes uh, us so crusty and rotten is the amount of time spent pursuing something pointless, right? Peers that we have a fellow traveler here. And so there needs to be a new category of people who come on later in life, but really actually Im like are infected in the wrong way that we're all infected as opposed to the vulnerable adult learner. A new category. <laughs> totally agree. But I'm also assessing this week, having a realization, I guess, that um, the valve is actually enjoying surfing a lot more than I am. That's what I'm saying, though. That's they, what, like they've got it right. That's what makes the valve the valve. Like our friend here has it partially wrong. I've got it wrong. You've got it wrong. Grumpy locals have it wrong. It's not the best surfer in the water is the one having the most fun. We all know that. It's the best surfer in the water is the best surfer in the water. There's all the rules and regulations. There's the being frustrated. There's the feeling angry. There's something about angst in surfing mm -hmm. that we enjoy, right? Well, we don't enjoy it. It's just become part of our DNA. It's part of it. But it but, erodes our joy, I think. But I'm saying, I'm saying though, that joy in surfing, the wrong, you're not chasing joy with surfing. Right. Like yeah, surfing is a lifestyle that is complete and complex. It's not a, oh, this is the way I go, you know, get that endorphin spike. This is the way I go work out. Like the Val and their subjugation of surfing to their own pleasure is what's wrong with it. Mm. Surfing is not, was never meant for you. You were meant for surfing. Interesting. Okay. I need to process it a little yeah. bit. You, so, you are, you're entering a bigger storyline. Yes. Agreed. If you're using surfing just to make yourself happy, then you're taking surfing and agreed. shrinking it down to a little thing that then you're taking like a, you know, Oh man, I, sometimes I drink a glass of wine. Sometimes I go surfing. I love to have fun. Yeah. Or Late. go rock climbing or yeah. to the rock climbing gym, even worse. And then I go rollerblading and then I, you know, I surf too. Yeah. yeah no. no surfing. Agreed. Surfing is a consuming fire. Agreed. But let me address this kid's email or this gentleman's email first. If you've learned as an adult, you will always be a Val. You know, I will say you'll be an adult learner, but you don't, it doesn't, the Val. You'll be an Al. You'll be an Al. Which <laughs> a is Sal, Al, a solid adult learner. Al doesn't have the right ring. We need to have another name because it's the vulnerable gets taken out. Yeah. Yes. If you learn as an adult, you'll always be an adult learner, but you don't, you won't necessarily be vulnerable. So an email or a text DM came through as well. And he said, basically that he's like, you know, I've accepted because I've learned as an adult, I'll always be a vow. And I was like, yeah, you know, I, uh, I'm, I've relegated or I've accepted my role as a lifelong intermediate. Sure. So I have been doing it for 28 years, probably at this point, and I'm not getting better yeah. and I'm not that good. Yeah. I'm just a lifelong intermediate. And that frustrated me for a good decade. I think I got better and better until I was 23, maybe 25 in the last 10 years, a plateau, a decline even. Oof. And, and for the, you know, for 10 years, let's say 25 to 35, I was very, very frustrated, right? That and having decreasing amounts of fun and enjoyment in surfing throughout all of it. 
And in the most recent iteration, my experience, I've shredded or shedded all of that where I just, I don't care anymore. Now I'm happy to just go out and paddle around and I'll get a couple of waves inevitably. But if I don't surf better than last session, that's not a loss. But what used to be. See, I'm going to, I'm going to directly challenge your supposition though. You wave keyed. Like you are, you are actively participating in things like, I think you can say that you could say, Hey man, I'm cool with it. I don't think you're cool with it. I think you, if given the opportunity or when given the opportunity to be better, either through Brad Gerlach, you may not go out of your way to reach out and find it. But if Brad Gerlach hits you up, you're not like, man, this sounds cool, but I'm busy, right? You'll take him up on it. If there, if Matt Parker came after the show and said, Hey, David, I saw some video of you surfing. I have something that I truly think will help. You'll take him up on it. Of course. Right? Yeah, of course. And so if you were truly happy with the plateau or resigned to the plateau, you would say no to both Gerlach and Parker. That's fully true. I am still somewhere down trying to improve. Exactly. All the time. Yep. All the time. Yep. I just don't put 100% of the value on the progression. Sure. I've ex- I've learned to uh, derive a lot of benefit and just kind of joy, for lack of a better word, from those other things, like the warm sunshine oh, <laughs> and the coolness of the water See, and so like the sunset, what all this our, stuff that I just fell on deaf ears before. Who's our Virginia Beach friends? Yeah, N- Nick. Nick. So Nick is becoming more core and you are becoming a valve. Oh, this is the Florida guy. I'm sorry, the Florida guy. Anthony. Anthony. Anthony is becoming more core. He's, yes. He's joining the more core division and you are headed off to the Valpocalypse. Totally. You better you better start trying to get better. Lifelong intermediate, dude. Yeah, I, I hear you. Like I'm not, there's no future for me in surfing, but it's the Sisyphusian struggle. Sisyphus, pushing the rock up the hill. That's part of the frustration of what makes a surfer a surfer. Yeah. And I, to be honest, I have to put um, things like wave key in my life as an accountability partner. Sure. Because otherwise I'll just Happily follow that decline. But if I down. have that, if Brad's calling me like, hey, where's the footage? Uh, when's our next lesson? All that sort of stuff. Then I'm like, shoot, I got to, all right, I got to get a couple sessions in so I don't look like a kook. And knowing that, Gurr is going to watch you. Like he's, you can't just go out and say, yeah, I don't start very good. So, okay. This is the one caveat to everything is I say that I've declined, but I've actually, my fundamentals have always gotten better. That's the one thing that I've gotten better. So my bottom turn is better than ever, Yeah, <laughs> but I'm definitely not uh, kicking the fins out the back. You know, I just saw a sweet little clip speaking of perpetually getting better of Jimmy Kane Wilson, you know, Jimmy Wilson, ex uh, photo editor at surfing magazine, long time surf industry uh, photographer. photographer. Uh, he recently, or this past winter got really hurt snowboarding. He like banged off a rock. I think he like, I don't know exactly what happened. He either broken a bunch of broken stuff, right? Like it was a, not a cool fall. Uh, but he's back in the water, and I saw him just bust a little air at, uh, it looked like Waco, one of the wave pools, um, but like a real fun little straight air where I was really? thinking, yeah. Good for him. Good for him, and it made me want to go to Waco and start busting airs. Yeah. I can do it. Well, in a wave pool, you probably could. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. That could be a whole storyline. I mean, I want to go bust little airs. Yeah. Solid giraffe-like airs. <laughs> I bet I um, feel... 
The storyline would be, can I do an air better than Owen Wilson? I think right today I could. I think you could too. He's focused on acting. I mean, oh, I mean he's I'm working a lot with Wes Anderson. <laughs> he's really distracted by that, I think. Owen Wright. I bet I could do a better air than Owen Wright. I, I bet I, about that. I could do a better air than Owen Wright did at Rottnest. Did he do one at Rottnest? I saw him do one in fall, but maybe he did more. You, modern day Owen Wright, I still doubt it, but... Like uh, Kai Neville films, Owen Wright? Definitely not. Definitely not. Like full roads back then. Definitely not vintage. Yeah. But I'm talking about Owen Wright today. Okay. Okay. I could do a better air. All right. Let's, uh, this will become a series of Beach Grid articles. Do you have any, I think Beach Grid burned all its bridges at Waco. Uh, <laughs> I'll, fi- I'll find one. There's got to be a new pool coming Did up. Did they sell? Did that guy ever sell that business? He I know he tried have. to. If he did sell it, then we're probably, we're probably back in good. We'll get you in at Palm Springs or something. This is, yeah. I need I need a pool where I can go air better than Owen Wright and Owen Wilson. If I could take them both down with one fell swoop. Yeah. Well, that pool needs to be aware that you will burn bridges there as well. Yeah. But, <laughs> but until then, they'll get like a sequence of articles out of the exchange. Uh, anyways, that Val... Conversation was meant to tee up the bigger conversation about land ownership at Malibu. Malibu. Do you want to break down the story? Yes. Uh, Carla Zamora, I think her name is. Yes, it is. uh, Was a, or is a Malibu. Is that her claim that she was born and raised in Malibu? The only claim that I seem to derive from it was that she surfs Malibu and she's been surfing it for a long time. Yep. I don't know where she was born and raised. Okay. So anyway, a... Longtime Malibu local uh, professor at the Surf Institute, which I had to Google the Surf Institute, um, and it seemed like a surf school, but I couldn't exactly tell. Uh, did you look at it? It nope. seemed like a surf school, but maybe they had like classes on surf etiquette. Or it seemed like a little bit more complex than showing up with a soft top on the sand. Anyway. But it's an in-person kind of thing? Seemed like it, yeah. Okay. Got it. Uh, seems like that's what she is. She longboards, or at least on her pictures on Instagram. And so wrote a very well-written and passionate screed of like, look, man, I've been here. We used to have, we used to have order. We used to have law and rule in the water where kooks get blasted. If you weren't, you know, surfing as good as you could possibly surf, you would be made fun of. And there was mean nicknames that went around and there was no, you know, everybody's all soft now. And these was a hazing process. Yeah. There was a hazing process. Yeah. Like the classic line, everybody knows, right? Like this used to be a tough beach and, or you, or you had to earn your stripes here. And now we just have blow-ins. Remember we're coming in on soft tops, smiles on faces, waving their arms, getting in the way, no respect, you know, et cetera, et cetera. This was a long ish Instagram, uh, Caption. Caption, yeah. And then, so we're meeting at the Malibu Wall. I think it was on Tuesday or Wednesday mm-hmm. at 4.30 this past. Uh, and we're going to discuss, you know, strategies to implement moving forward on how to regulate the Val horde. That was the essence. And what was your take on this? So I put it up on Beach Grit. Uh, and then she made her Instagram private, I think, or removed the post. So I was wondering what she thought of it initially. I didn't really... I didn't feel like I was making fun of it, right? Like, to me, a couple takeaways, I suppose. Trying to make anything out of Malibu and trying to be, like, very few people 
can lay claim to Malibu local, right? Like a handful. I would say of the people I know, for example, the Martian, the Marshall brothers, the brothers Marshall, you know, could really lay claim to we are Malibu locals. There's, I'm sh- obviously, I don't know, I don't surf Malibu, so I have no idea. I'm sure there's a core and maybe Sarlo. Yeah, Sarlo. Maybe this Carla Zamora is part of that core, right? I don't know. Maybe she has been there long enough and, you know, is part of that nut. The problem, not that I had a problem, like all fine, fight the Valhorn. But we're talking about Malibu here. We're not talking about, you know, your local down the street. We're talking about the wave that people fly into L.A., uh, and no, and you know, that's on their bucket list to go surf Malibu. So it's like trying to retake back Disneyland. I feel, I mean, she made the, she made me the, or made the amusement park reference herself, but it's yeah. like trying to go, Hey man, when I was a kid living in Anaheim, I go to Disneyland. There weren't long lines. There was no stinking tourists from the Midwest. I mean, we could cruise around or get on stinking small world four times in a row, man, four times in a row. Just lap that thing. Now all these stinking vowels are here. Just cooking up the line at small world. Like let's get together us core Disneyland people who've been going for a long time, figure out how to regulate this place. Like ship has so far sailed on regulating Malibu that I don't know what you're doing. A B I suppose I do have an opinion on this. I thought I didn't, <laughs> but I do. Uh, B <laughs> If you are a local, you don't need to meet at the stinking wall and talk about it. Go into the lineup and talk to Trace and Chad Marshall and whoever else say, hey, let's burn every kook today, right? I mean, localism is not a talking action. It is a physical action where you either burn people, send people in, slash people's tires, cut people's leashes, you know, punch the fins out of people's boards. Like localism or taking a beach back is a thing you do, not a thing you talk about. Again, that was A or was that B? Not sure. A, anyhow, that was B. A is that Malibu is too far gone. Totally. Like, it is, the, it's ridiculous to think that you're going to so retake Beyond Malibu. Ridiculous. Yeah. And like uh, uh, Palos Verdes. Yeah. Every, these people own property surrounding this surf spot there's no public lot so they they have some semblance of an argument. And it sort of sucks. Like people aren't, I mean, Palos Verdes. And it's not right off of PCH. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's still Southern California. But I mean, so there could be an argument made for a place like that, sure. you know? Well, but, and they've actually what? done it. I think, they, you know, the bad boys, or yeah. the rude yeah. boys, what were they called? The PV? Bay boys. Bay boys. Yeah. Got, you know, got some bad press for throwing a rock at an reporter, reporter whatever. But like, it's not back in the newspaper. And I can't imagine that hordes are going to surf no, they've Lunata created, Bay. They've created just enough havoc or chaos to actually probably regulate enough, yeah. you know? And that's all fine. But Malibu, it's like her, you're right. Her initial kind of sentences were, imagine if your home turned into an amusement park. Yeah. And it's like, and then she talks about COVID actually blowing all these people in. COVID didn't blow these people in. Malibu was turned into an amusement park with Gidget. Yeah. Like, if not before that. And so who was, what is your lineage that you are laying claim to? Did your great-grandfather pave the parking lot here and put bricks into the wall? And by the way, if he did, then he made, there he was, was a of lot of people who were pissed yeah. when they paved that parking lot. And before that, the Chumash Indians were pissed about that. And they, by the way, the Chumash Indians probably fought off another Indian tribe to lay claim back then. You know what I mean? And so where exactly 
in history, did you slide in to where, or your great, your ancestors slide in to where you feel like that was the starting point for this ownership conversation? And then ever since then, by the way, it's become a state park. And the, so you've lost any late, any claim to lineage. And I feel not only that, but there is a like well-precedented, uh, like Mickey Dora, it wasn't like empty. Mickey Dora wasn't on Mickey Dora. All those video clips of him weaving yeah. past kooks in the lineup, pushing, them off, pushing them off waves, doing all this. Like that's what Malibu is. And you go the, like, I feel if you're a local at Malibu, you go get your first point wave and you ride it past all the kooks. And that's part of your skill, right? Is being able to weave totally. around every one of those kooks, pushing some off, flipping some boards, Ever since some surf footage was invented, that is exactly what Malibu looked Precisely. like. Precisely. Yeah. And so I don't know why that's like, if you want to be a Malibu loke, that, in my hard. mind, that's all. You, that's what a Malibu local is. It's a guy who picks off best wave, rides it through, flipping four dozen kooks off your wave in the middle. And then if any one of those kooks has a word to say to you about it, to the beach. Exactly. You're yeah. going to approach Mickey Dora on the beach and yeah. call him out for pushing you off a wave. Yep. You know, and so the one thing that I, uh, bone of contention I have with what you said was, um, yeah, slashing tires, punching out fins, blah, blah, blah. That can't exist at Malibu anymore because not. you will get sued. And you, you will get arrested the most and public. sued yeah. by and somebody, so, a rich person too, who has endless money to sue you. For sure. And so, and you're filmed. Yeah. Everything's filmed. Yeah. So this version, Carla's only correct thing that she said in this entire thing was like, hey, let's elder statesmen get together and kind of formulate a plan. I agree with you. The better version would be how do they not the have plan, that? The plan's already in place the plan's through in all of surfing, completely. which is just burn people. You burn people yeah. and you sit out the pack and you don't let, you sit out the back with like when there's five locals out the back, you just don't let anybody else get waves, right? Like you're getting every good wave and you're riding them through and you're burning anybody. And I mean, that's the thing. I don't know what rules, how you, how do you, what do you discuss? What's exactly. there to discuss? Exactly. There's yeah. nothing to discuss and there's, the rules have been cemented for Ever. Eons now in every surf break across the world. And especially, and Malibu has its own special set of rules that have been cemented as long, as you said, as there's been a camera pointed at Malibu. Totally. Totally. It was interesting. I mean, it was it, like what I found amusing was how it was well-written and well-intentioned. That's why I didn't want to make fun of it. Like I'm all for, yeah, stinking blow-ins, get lost, and let's bring surfing back to a, you know, a place where... There is more people getting their feelings hurt in the lineup and all this, right? Like this free for all to your point, this I'm surfing because it makes me happy. And so I'm going to go get happy in the water and not care about the culture not care about anybody else. I'm just chasing my joy. Uh, all those people should get burned into tears. I agree. And so what I don't understand about it is uh, mother nature seems to le always level the playing field. Well, I mean, so once she's out there, Luna Kai isn't going to back paddle her on a set wave. He's going to be scraping in on the shoulder, getting sprayed in the face and maybe dropping in. And also, also I was thinking as we were talking uh, about like, remember when Laird rode that bomb through the Malibu pier? I was there. Were you in the water? Yeah. How many people were in the water that day? 3000. Really? Even that day? Yeah. It was yeah. crowded. Yeah. That big pumping day. That was uh, that hurricane Marie swell. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was freaking fully crowded. Really? That Because that clip of Laird looked like it was fairly empty. Was everybody just way out the back? 
There was nobody. There was nobody. There was nobody kooking around. It was him. It was like the proper bomb. Him going all the way and then through the pier. Yeah. So I think actually that clip might have come from the day before the swell was actually bombing. Okay. So so it might have been less crowded. It looked but, it yeah. looked relatively empty. Word all to say, if it's going to be hugely pumping at Malibu, like it solves all the problems. And if yeah. it's crowded, everybody out there, not everybody, but most of the people will be good enough to be out there. Totally. Um, Mother Nature solves it. Yeah. Period. So, I, but I understand her frustrations entirely. Sure. Of course. You know. But I've we've all experienced levels of this through COVID with your local beaches getting more crowded. I just go down the beach. Like, I mean, like I don't surf the pier anymore because there are all these kooks and you're liable to have a run in no matter what. Huntington, Huntington is really great for that though. Totally. I mean, Huntington between stinking uh, Golden West all the way down to what? How far south can you go and still find a little corner? Newport. Yeah. I mean, I mean just, all that stretch from the pier to the river jetties in Newport, you endless. can find waves. Yeah, And, um, depending on what's going on, sandbars or swell, like good waves yeah. and same thing going North and it's always empty. Like yeah. I will surf it in the middle of summer on pumping swell when it's 75, 80, 75, 76 degree water on a Saturday in the middle of the day. And there's nobody out. I've had a lot of fun sessions at the little girl's purse. Yep. Me too. Keep that private though. Yeah. Shh. That's why I said, I said it in code that nobody yeah, yeah. would be able to exactly. figure out. <laughs> um, so I think we've summed that up. I'm not even mad at Carla. No, and Carla, like had she's good, not, Carla had good intentions. I think the hypocrisy is also kind of, I mean, the fact that you're a that's, surf instructor is something, but the, the land or the laying claim to the uh, ownership aspect too, is just kind of, hypocritical and wrongheaded, yeah. I think, you know. But good on you, Carla. Fight the fight, Carla. Yeah, exactly. If I was up in Malibu, I would have been at the wall at your meeting. I wouldn't have been. <laughs> I would have been like, you guys, okay, sweet, you guys are out of the water for 15 minutes. I'm going to take this opportunity. Um, Uncle Willie. I, so we could discuss, I think we take a break from the WSL this week. It's sure. like almost, I have a hard time even getting it up to be impassioned about it anymore. Yep. So we'll scrape any WSL conversation. Uncle Willie is actually the biggest news because it just came out last night. Matt Wilkinson transitioning country into becoming star. a country star. Did you watch his his first debut single uh, and music video? That I comes did with not. It? Oh, okay. Was it good? Well, why didn't you? Well, I, I became aware of it this morning oh, okay. and was uh, overly busy. Got it. So, yeah. You weren't taking a stance against it. No, 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 no. I wasn't taking a stance against, I just, I saw it and I thought, well, that's my first two thoughts were that's funny and that makes sense. And then I hurry, I moved on. How about we play it right now? Let's do it. And then I'll embed it. In, we'll have our editor embedded into the video. Great. Um, and I'll try to play it loud enough for you can just get up and come over and watch it.
ride him bareback with a darkened soul Yeah, I'm out of control I'm a horse once was till I broke her in Town folk be calling me the cowboy king I ain't no straight shooter I'm a cheddar mover Living Aesop pulling dope ass maneuvers Buckle playing, karaoke saint Countryside kicking, I'm the cowboy king I'm a cowboy with the darkest soul And a fucking big horse, yeah, I'm out of control I'm a cowboy and I'm living A-side With a big fucking horse right between my thighs Uncle Willie's debut music video. Okay. I've seen it. Um, I think it's parody. Yeah. So Matt uh, is claiming that this is actually a serious tr career transition. But it's and clearly making, parody. It's clearly parody. And also I think he has to say, I'm doing this very seriously. To make the parody. As part of the parody. The pro, yeah. I mean, so the using a curse word in the title is a parody. The you know? the obviousness of the parody makes me think makes me not okay. When I when I read it this morning, I thought that's great and interesting, and you know I assumed that he had love for country, and I know that he kind of lives rurally ish in Australia right now, right? I'm not sure. I think he does. So I thought, okay, great. You know. I'll, fine and good. Maybe this is what he wanted to do the whole time. Having seen it now, I think that is dumb. Like he's trying to make a viral video, like, you know, the summer viral thing. Yeah. Uh, and parod parodying both a country song and a lifestyle and sending it up in a not very sophisticated or funny way. The video production's high. Sure. Like the video, the production quality is sure. high. So I like that they took it somewhat seriously, but I don't think he's ever going to make another song. I don't think he even makes more parodies. Like remember his blog that he was doing? Yep. Do you remember what that was called? I was no. trying to think of the name. Yeah. I feel like breakfast was in the title. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. And there was, he was traveling on tour at the time and he was focusing some energy on doing little skits and they were funny. It yeah. added, it added a real um, color to the tour. I thought, you know, and so when I first saw this, I thought, oh, he's getting back into the parody game. And if he starts a, a vlog or something that if this is his angle on vlogging, I'm all in. But then I thought about it and I'm like, there's no way he's he not, musters he's not, the steam to he's keep not this chasing going. This. Yeah. And I mean, he's definitely not making a country album. If he was, if he was creating a whole character that was, he was going to actually flesh out, yes. then I'd be interested. Totally. Like if he was going to go on tour if he was going to like sort of even in a, what a uh, Borat, um, you know, whatever. Who's the actor again? Sasha Baron Cohen. Sasha Baron Cohen kind of way where he's embodying this thing and it's clearly not him, but he's going to embody this for a season. That'd be funny. That would be, I would, I would be along for that ride. Yeah. This seemed like it was an idea. Him and his buddy had yep. a little drunk. They wrote the lyrics real quick. He put on his country twang. They did this and then it's going to be done where, making one attempt at virality, like especially when it's in this day and age, I know in the TikTok, when you see somebody aiming for viral, yeah, it's talk about cringe. I, I felt the same way. I felt like it's 10 years too late. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, this would have gone 
this would have gotten a few hundred thousand views yeah. back then it'll barely get a mention now. And it's actually an indicator of your final bow. Yeah. I hate to say, but it's like, who's successfully transitioned into music from professional surfing? McCoo Rothman. Has he? Yeah. Landon, think, Landon, uh, McNamara. Maybe? I think so too. I think McCoo actually has like sells records in okay. Hawaii. Okay, good. Yeah. And Landon, I think has a, has a bit of following, obviously Jack Johnson, but he's, He's, he's never a he's professional music surfer. First, yeah. Um, and, but it's like Andrew Doheny, when he released his album on Spotify six months ago, did you listen to that thing? No. Jesus Christ. Was it bad? Oh my gosh. It's unlistenable. Yeah. Unlistenable. Was it, was it noise? Yeah. I mean, it, it was like, that's what they were going for though. It was like fuzz yeah. rock. Yeah. Yeah. And Dane's, Dane Reynolds is super into it. So I'm sure it got a bunch of downloads because Dane's into it. Yeah. But I mean, it's unlistenable. The, Problem here is that Wilco is taking a good idea and half baking it and then putting it out too quick because I reckon if he took this semi seriously, he could totally tour Nashville, you know, like he could probably build a niche that, following. That would be super interesting. Yeah. And, but you can't just be like with my big fucking horse and all that. Like, cause that's not exactly, he's not, he's not crediting. Uh, just like I get frustrated when people rip stuff off of surfing without actually taking the time to learn about Paul throw, uh, Matt Wilkinson did not take the time to spend do like learning anything about country. It looked like from the tropes, they wear hats, they drink whiskey, they whistle in songs and there's a horse involved, yeah. right? Where, and so just took the, but if Wilkinson, I think is a smart, funny guy, if he would have got in to the subculture for a minute and really infused himself with country, he could have done something interesting. I think it would have been interesting to do it even as a satire. Sure. Um, to think, to like set a goal. We are going to go to Nashville and we are going to try to get a record deal. Yeah. All hinging on the fact that I was an ex-pro surfer who's transitioned into country. Totally. So here's the character. Let's outline the storyline yep. of this character. Yep. Let's write an album and let's actually hit the pavement and try to get this try to fool everybody into thinking I'm taking this totally seriously. A one-time video ain't enough. No. And I suppose it, if it does catch heat, may, I mean, maybe it'll be self-fulfilling a little bit where he's actually going to have to take it more seriously and go to Nashville and all that. I don't think he will, but if he, if he does achieve his viral goal, he might have to. The problem is it's not that funny. It's not that funny. So uh, every single Ragland surf report I've ever watched you chuckled is funnier than that. Yeah. I mean, full stop. Yeah. You know, and he, and he does, he bangs those out all the time yeah. and he's somewhat playing a character, but they're just funny. Yeah. And so this, I think falls short, but I don't know. Um, when you look at Timmy Curran, mm -hmm. uh, Tom Curran, mm -hmm. they love an instrument they actually have some talent. And I mean, so, they spend hours and hours and weeks and lifetimes crafting that. Exactly. Like they loved the thing. That's what like. Whether or not they're good at it or matter. ever have a career, they're doing what they love. Having, having no love for it and then parodying it is it, okay. And but. I also, that, that uh, triggers me on a larger theme too, which is just musicians nowadays or um, singers or pop stars or whatever who have never written a song in their life, who have never played an instrument in their life. They're just 
manufacturing of a record label or the agent or whatever drives how, me insane. How many are there like that though? I don't think there's that many. There's a ton. Who's that? Justin Bieber? Justin Bieber. Right off the top of my head? He has a love for the game. Justin Bieber is what a- What game? The music game. I think Justin Bieber- Yeah, exactly. Is, the game. He loves the game. I think he loves music. I think Justin Bieber, I think all of them do. I think Rare is the person who, I don't, I don't think you can put it on. I think it's something that you have to put in. I don't like the 10,000 hour stinking, what's his bro? What's that dude's name? Malcolm Gladwell. Malcolm Gladwell is a butthole <laughs> and looks like a butthole. And his 10,000 hours thing is a butthole- poorly thought idea but in oh. order to be in order to be good at anything i think you you can't fake it right which matt wilkinson's video is on the surface stinks because you know he hasn't put the time in justin bieber has put in an entire lifetime singing right yeah with that we're both kind of saying the same thing from a different angle. I agree with what you're saying, but Justin Bieber loves the game part. He loves performing. He's a performer and he loves performing. I don't, it's a very different thing than. Let's take, who's the, who's that new girl even better? I don't know. Uh, Billie the new, Eilish. The new girl. I mean, Billie Eilish loves singing. I think they all do. That's what I'm saying is I think the, the ones who are, I think they would do it alone in their room if there was no crowd. Like, and sure, fame and fortune and all that like sways them. But uh, they would because they want to be the center of attention. They want to be adored by fans. They, they like that. But I think they started, I think all of them started, you know, alone, just singing with the love of singing to terrible music. I'm a, I'm a believer. <laughs> you, you hit me in a sore spot. If a, Justin Bieber was like, yeah, I, I really grew up idolizing Dylan or the Beatles he doesn't or have the Kinks to. or something. I'd be like, Oh, okay. Like he grew up idolizing whatever he did though. He liked, yeah. In sync. And so I want to be, I want to be a, you know, um, yeah, like a vision of the boardroom. I, uh, I listen to Justin Bieber at home alone. I believe you do. Yeah. That does not surprise me. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> you were making my argument for me. Um, I think just we're running long. I've got other stuff in my notes, but I think we need to go to commercial and Let's come back it. with Barrel or Not. Let's All right, do it. Commercial. Hiring for a small business is critical. It's imperative that you find a highly qualified professional to treat and grow your business with the same care and detail that you do. LinkedIn Jobs will be your next big unlock. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team fast and for free. Everybody is already on LinkedIn with their resume and their references. So the fact that LinkedIn built a hiring platform to connect the dots between everything is simple genius. It's way more sophisticated than a job board. It's a vast network of more than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set, desire, ambition, all in an effort to help us advance our position. And it's easy to use and intuitive. So effective that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Fast hiring solutions means achieving your goals in record time with rapid growth in 2024. LinkedIn Jobs will even help you write the job descriptions and give you tools and prompts to help you interview your candidate like a pro. LinkedIn.com slash surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. And you can let the world's largest social network of business professionals work to connect you with the ideal candidate to help you grow your business. That is LinkedIn.com slash surf 
to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. All right, Chaz, we're back. So exciting. Um, I've got a couple of barrel or nas. I think I really feel like I'm missing something important that I was supposed Oh. What do we have? Kaiwa belly stickers. Beautiful. Project, Project of belly stickers. Late, but worth the wait. I had these for a couple of weeks. I just kept forgetting to bring some to you. They're so perfect. Um, now, Kayo, I would love to give these to anybody who supported Project Abelli. I don't have a way because a lot of them were anonymous. Yep. So what I'm going to suggest is just email me and I'll send you a sticker or two or whatever you want. Um, now, Kayo was not happy about this design. He was not. He was not happy what about did this say? design. But I, these are for you. What did Kayo say about this design? That it was too communist? Yeah. Um, He's like, hey, Che Guevara. So basically, I posted a on Project Abelli's yeah. Instagram stories. I posted a photo of that sticker a few weeks ago when they were first printed. And then he reposted it. And within five minutes, he's like, I've gotten dozens of people complaining about how Che Guevara like, uh, has killed so many people and all that sort of stuff. He's not Che here, though. He's Mao, who killed a lot more. He's both, I think. Yeah. I, th I feel like there's both. <laughs> there's a That is kind of a combination of Chairman Mao and Che Guevara put into one mass killer. <laughs> and, really so, and so I was like, I'm like, yeah, you're right, Kyle. I'll delete the post. Send apologies to whoever complained about that. No. It's a little misguided. Kyle should have stood up and said, are you kidding me? There's, nah. a, there's always blood. When the people take back over... The streets run with blood. Look, there's a couple hills I'm willing to die on. That's not one of them. You know what I mean? Like defending Mao and Che Guevara isn't one that I'm really going to stand by. Uh, but the stickers are printed. I love it. I'll stand I, by it. I'll so, die on this hill. So the way that I feel about this is when um, a musician gets their album Ooh, yeah. recalled because there was cuss words on it or they talked More about valuable. suicide or we something. Could, we could sell each one of these as an NFT. I know. I agree. We almost should sell as an NFT. And if you buy the NFT, we could make a series of how many stickers you got? 200. We could make a 200 run NFT where if you buy the NFT, then you also get the sticker. We're not going to go through that effort. It took me long enough just to get these stickers in your hands. 
But what we should do is uh, those who are brave enough to rock the Mao slash Che Guevara uh. sticker, they they earned it. Yeah, like, totally. You, you get it. It's the the reward is the reward. Exactly. And those in the know, you know. I'm gonna rock it. I'm gonna put stinking Project of Belly everywhere. Perfect. I'm gonna sticker up North County. I'm gonna sticker up Malibu. Perfect. Project. <laughs> <laughs> Go put it on the wall that Carla Zamora owns. <laughs> um. So this is this barrel or not is directly related to our conversation about Justin Bieber. Yeah. I told you I've been watching The Voice this season. Oh, you have been. Did I tell you that? No. Oh my gosh. It yeah. hooked me, dude. Are you you're like you're in? Yeah. Do you have a favorite judge? I have a least favorite judge. Is who? Nick Jonas. Mm. Why is he even there? Yeah, I don't know. I haven't I haven't watched The Voice. Is The Voice it's so boring. Who's on The Voice? Who are the judges? Kelly Clarkson. Yeah. Um uh, Nick Jonas, John Legend, and Blake Shelton. Okay, so it's not the Maroon Five guys gone. Yeah, yeah I think they gone. I think they change out the judges periodically, but Blake's been there since the beginning. Yeah. Okay. So I have never seen an episode of The Voice. It's been on for twenty seasons, yeah, which apparently is ten years. They do two a two a year. And uh, Lauren was watching it kind of week in and week out for the first few weeks, and I would just pass through the room and I'd glance at it and be like, "Oh, that's stupid." That's how they get you. I know. And then before long, I find myself sitting on the couch wrapped in like, this person sucks. How are they even on this show? Nick Jonas is an idiot. Have you, you texted or called in no. support for anybody? No, because we don't watch live. This is this is what I think Eric Logan is hoping to happen in surf. Exactly. I mean, he's hoping that enough people kind of watch it and then their spouses kind of walk by and be like, oh, and then get totally wrapped up in Luke Davis. Yep. Could happen. Mm. Could happen. Happened yeah. to me, and I never would have guessed it. <laughs> I'm like commenting on Kelly Clarkson's like appearance. Yeah, I'm like I the last I saw Kelly Clarkson was on American Idol 20 years ago or whatever, and she's gained some weight. And Lauren's like, no, that's like her main storyline is that she lost she's fluctuated. Yeah. yeah, and like people are tracking it, and it's this whole thing. And I'm like, wow, I had no idea. Mm, yeah, but she's so goddamn likable. She's so charismatic and so charming that she defies all of Hollywood's expectations. And by the way, she's talented. So it's not just her charm. It's like her voice is undeniable. So she has actually defied any standard of beauty and been steadfast. I think there's rumors that she'll take over for, or she's in the running to take over for Ellen DeGeneres. Perfect. As the she would be perfect. face of America. She'd be even better yeah. than Ellen DeGeneres. So anyways, yeah, it's funny that like that sort of a thing I would never have gotten caught up before, but it's like week in and week out. And then I'm like wondering what Chrissy Teigen's up to. Yeah. You know, Ooh, like Chrissy Teigen's into big trouble. What's what she what she's now? up to. You haven't seen Chrissy Teigen stuff. I guess not. Ooh, Chrissy Teigen. Uh, old tweets resurfaced where I guess I don't follow Chrissy Teigen, um, but, or John Legend for that matter. But, uh, apparently she's been really out front for calling people out for being mean for their past stuff. Like, you know, I don't know, canceling, but being part of that conversation. Yeah. Apparently, the tweets that live in her closet, my goodness gracious. Really? It's go kill yourself and things to people. Oh like, gosh. it is, I can't wait till you slit your wrists and die in front of me. And, like, the most vile, wow. mean-spirited, horrible things to teenage girls, to, like, Across the board to like wow. a gunshot spray of kill yourself to wow. pe to people on like privately too. She wouldn't just tweet it. She would DM them, go take a bottle of pills, 
eat the whole thing and die. Wow. Yeah. Chrissy so Teigen. Nasty. That really surprised me. I was going to defend her. No, that was a hill I was going to defend up until you said that because she's always funny. It's like she's, she's funny. She's pretty much, a, she's a professional comedian. She is funny, but the, and. But those aren't even jokes. The, she's, she wasn't right. meaning them as jokes either. I thought she you was, were going to say like she made some off color no, uh, no, no. sexist remark or racist remark or whatever. It nope. was a joke that then like people got offended by. Just go kill yourself. But those aren't jokes. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> See, now I care about Chrissy Teigen for yeah. some reason because yeah. I watched The Voice. It's worth it. It's worth it. The Voice has turned me into this. It's worth person. a shallow dive into Chrissy Teigen's past Twitter yeah, behavior yeah, because there's some, I mean, yeah, there's some, there's things that made me very much blush. Me. Okay. Um, well, Beryl or nah, referring to yourself as an artist. Nah. Lots of, lots of those guys and girls on the stage, they're like, as an art, on the voice, as an artist, you know, I just like to represent this, this and that. And I'm like. You're nothing. I find it even offensive when like people who are like to call yourself an artist, you better be at the height of your game for decades. Then you could say I'm an artist. You can better Julian Schnabel say he's an artist. Julian Schnabel can say I'm an artist. He has won awards. He has sold millions upon millions of dollars of art. He is recognized. He has pieces hanging in museums around the globe. He is an artist, right? Stinking. If he referred to himself as one, though, I still wouldn't like it. Um, but I'd still be like, call yourself a painter. Call yourself a filmmaker. Yeah. Okay, what if, uh, let's go who you already brought up. Let's say, um, what's his name? Biebs. Not Biebs. Uh, John Legend. John, not John Legend. Who John Legend would be cringy. Uh, Nick Jonas. I can't go through every person I brought up on this show. You can. It's, uh, what's his name? Bob Dylan. Did oh. you not bring up Bob Dylan? Yeah. Yeah, Bob Dylan. If Bob Dylan said, I'm an artist, would you say? He would never. That's the thing. He would never. You don't think Bob Dylan, I mean. Because he is truly an artist. So. He would never say it. He'd say, I'm a song, I'm a singer songwriter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Great. I give you all of that. I'll give you that nobody should call themselves an artist, but particularly who shouldn't are pe contestants on The Voice. I know. Should not. Aspiring artists yeah. should never refer to themselves as an artist. Do you, when people are have their professional file or whatever, their profile and in Instagram, do you like what people are? Do you ever go look and chuckle at what people, content creator? Uh, I don't know what the, what you're asking me. There, when you yeah, I know I know where it exists, but like, are you saying like if theirs is earnest or if it's making a joke? I mean, because sometimes they're way. like saying like, oh, I'm a professional dog walker or something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that, and it's a joke. Yeah. I don't like, I feel the same way about professional dog walker as I do about Matt Wilkinson's country music. As in, that's a funny, shallow joke. I mean, it's not funny and shallow, so you just shouldn't do that. Uh, but what about people who say, who say artist under their names? Terrible. Yeah. Terrible. So a law down the line. Cringe. Yeah. Cringe fest. Yeah. Cringe fest. Yeah, I'm no barrel. No barrel on calling yourself an artist. Never refer to yourself as an artist, even if you are Julian Schnabel. But he actually is an artist. He makes I, I art. Know. I know. And so if you're making art, I think there's better distinctions. Yeah. I may paint, but what is his, the problem is he uses like multimedia. He breaks plates and puts them on canvas and stuff. So, but he paints, he does, but he couldn't, he's not just a painter. I think he could say he's a filmmaker. Yeah. I'm a painter. I'm a filmmaker. I don't, I don't want to wrap it all up in an artist. I he he justifiably and, could, but I would like him less if he said it. Okay. 
Got it. Yeah, no barrel in any case. I agree. No, no barrel, barrel on and it, and it again, cringy. Yeah. Somebody says it, cringy. And if they are somebody who you've never even heard of before, the worst. I'm, yeah, I'm just like, are yeah. you like, you're what? Yeah. Yeah. I already hate your art. You are not. Yeah. Okay. Uh, also, straight from the voice. Barrel or not, when the lead singer sidles up and plays air guitar with the guitarist. This is a tough one. This is a tough one because I would have said 10 years ago, no barrel. It's awkward. It's embarrassing. But I feel it's moved into its own kind of talking about art, art form, where a Robert Plant on Jimmy Page, a Axl Rose on Slash, a, there's some dual duos in music history that really embody this well. A John Mellencamp on Cougar. A, uh, who's another good one? <laughs> I don't know, but like, does Axl Rose actually play, does he know how to play a guitar? He's he, just mimicking he the motions of his buddy. I don't think he's like fingering a chord. I don't think he is either, but he might. I mean, he made a whole album. What was his album called again? Chinese... I never caught it. Chinese democracy. I never caught it. I think it was Chinese. It was in like 20 odd years in the making or 30 years in the making. Yeah. It was an Axe Roses album. Maybe it was Guns N' Roses album. I can't remember. I think he maybe got the name Guns N' Roses in the, in the divorce. He he refers to himself as an artist. No doubt. Yeah. But I'm, I'm going to say barrel all to say. Okay. I'm going to say you're up there for, if you're, Performing music publicly, live and or being filmed performing music, you're putting on a show. Make it a good show. Okay. Like, if you can do it in a fun, enjoyable way. Back to Malcolm Wilkinson. Don't do it in a way that's parodying. Don't go up there and be all awkward in your, like, big in your motions and be, like, really rocking out next to the, you know. But if you want to go, like, lean in a little bit, pucker your lips up just a touch. (laughs) See, All good. I think, and this does happen on The Voice, but I don't think it happens with seasoned. Um, the like, problem, like they're doing it because they're so awkward. They're realizing, oh shoot, this is a part of the song where I need to like put on a show, and I don't know what to do, so I'm gonna just do this. The awkward, the the Voice is like solo people too, right? Or is yeah. it, are there bands up there? So solo, the, but they're playing with the house band. The problem is sidling up to the house band guitarist is like in the examples I use of like Page and Plant. Rose and Slash, etc. There's a relationship there. They've done tons of blow together. It's completely. Orgies together. All kinds. Sidling up to the house band manager guitarist is not cool. Yeah. And he's worried you have COVID, so yeah. you're backing away. Yeah. Makes it extra it's awkward. Super, super, super awkward. Yeah, that is definitely no barrel. Okay. Unless your name, so I'm gonna caveat this heavily. The barrel is if your name and the lead guitarist names are synonymously recognizable. Then you can do it. If you're an actual artist. Yeah. You if you two it. are artists, claim. I, I think if you actually know how to play guitar, you can mim- mimic it. If you don't, don't. Okay. I don't think Bieber. Oh, no. He just dropped a light outside. Oof. Bieber, because he has uh, an objective as the center, as the focus of the event, he's never going to mimic the lesser person. He's going to do a dance. He knows how to dance. He should go play a drum solo, an air drum solo. I've seen that occasionally. In the car, you'll see that somebody yeah. like sitting at a stoplight yeah. doing it. Are they actual drummers? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Bada, bada, Most bada, of them bada. are not. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I'm going gnaw on that. You got a 50-50. Yeah. Barrel or gnaw? 
waiting for somebody to change to take their parking spot at the beach. Oh, this is a good one. This is a good one. This will help the vow. Waiting, no. I'm going to say... Well, the listeners who are new to surfing and to this parking lot situation, they need guidance. So what you're doing when you're waiting is you're clogging it up for everybody else. You're making a mess. You're making a problem. You're being selfish. Again, selfishness and surfing, we could do a stinking handbook. Selfishness is both the root of surfing and the thing that wrecks surfing. If you're out chasing, selfishly chasing your joy, your own personal joy, you're not being part of the greater surfing good, right? Uh, if you're jamming up the parking lot to wait for this spot, man, you got to let that one go. If the guy, I will say, if the guy or girl, you're allowed to wait if the guy or girl is pulling their shirt on. Then, so there's a 30 second, 30 second, their pants are on, they're red, they're like visibly ready to go board is packed, etc. If the towel is still around the waist board laying on the ground, uh, tailgate, whatever, trunk open, just move along, move along. Agreed. It's unfortunate. You, you, it's bad place, bad spot, bad time. Your luck didn't come up, but maybe next time. It also puts undue pressure on the person changing. Yeah. I don't appreciate it. When I have somebody pull up and I can see them staring at me while I've got a towel on and I'm changing. Because it's it's not I like- I feel pressure. Yeah, and it's not like- I mean, I'm all for people hurrying up and getting out of the parking lot. Like if you got a spot, right, and you went and surfed, it's not like because you got that spot, you own that spot and you can stay there for as long as you want. You know, it's a public place. Unless you're in Malibu. Yeah. Camp out. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Unless that, but like be reasonable, be responsible. If you want to go hang out, go hang out somewhere else, right? You can go to those parking lots all over that aren't by the beach that you can go park and hang out. Have at it. Hang out all day. But uh, do your best to get out in a reasonable speed. Agreed. That is the courteous thing to do as a fellow citizen. However, the courteous thing for the person in their car to do would be don't put that pressure on me. Don't wait. No. That's, but if everyone lived by these rules, if people hurried up and changed or would have a better society. changed as fast as they could and people didn't wait for them, it would fix like 90% of what's wrong with our with society. The world. I yeah. agree. Um, one time I had a lady pull up, it was a couple of years ago, pull up and wait for me like that. And, you know, she's talking on her Bluetooth speaker and you know how you can hear people really oh, yeah. clearly yeah. outside their car and they're not aware of it. Yeah. She's like, no, I just got to the beach. I'm waiting for this. There's a guy who's changing right now out of his, wet, I don't think she said wetsuit, but he's changing right now with a towel on. I'm just going to hang here and see if I could catch a glimpse. You, why didn't you, sh- why didn't you <laughs> treat her to a little surprise? <laughs> Uh, nobody wants that. Really? She did. Yeah. She liked to joke with her friend about it. She doesn't mm. really want it. Are you sure? Do you think, okay, if you heard that, if you clearly heard that she said it, her friend can vouch that she said it. You flash her. She busts you for indecent exposure. Where does the court land on this one? If you said, she said she wanted to see something. Her friend heard her say it. I being polite was showing her something. I think the court always lands on the side of against the sex offender. <laughs> but I think I get I get busted for that. She doesn't get a slap on the wrist. She's making a joke, you know. Encouraging lewd behavior. Yeah, she was, but I yeah. And so I took that cue. I thought it was a joke, and I didn't think she actually wanted to see it, and I did not show her anything. I didn't even acknowledge. I mean, in hindsight, 
I should have acknowledged so that we all could have had a laugh. Yes. But I was a little embarrassed and I didn't. You could have even like shimmied down the towel a little bit. Yeah. Did a little dance and just watched her because maybe she would have been like, bring it on. Yeah. Let me see what you got. Yeah. This could have ended somewhere. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing. When she's making that joke to her friend, does she want to see my butt or my junk? Like, I don't to, think anybody wants to see your junk. To be honest, I never know what ladies want to see on Me a man. Neither. Me neither. So, but I don't think any of them want to see junk. Are you like, sure? Why do they no, want to see your butt? I Because it implies sex, but the seeing the junk is a little too overt. Like, no chick has ever been thrilled to get a dick pic. Dicks are ugly. You know what I mean? I hear you, but then... It's too overt. Why do they want to see a butt? Because there's an implication. Yeah. Okay. We're going to have to have the four <laughs> female listeners weigh in here. Our editor is a female. We'll ask her and the three more. What do you want to see? I mean. It's perplexing. It is massive. Because I don't want, I wouldn't want to see either. A dumb male butt. No, but if it's a chick. I know, but it's still a dumb male butt. It's not, it's like. No, but if you're, if you were going to see a chick changing. Yeah. Do you want to see the front or the back? If she happened to flash you a glimpse. I mean, are you talking about like full frontal? <laughs> I guess. Are you talking? Are you talking? About I don't know like, how we ended up here, but I guess that's what I'm talking. Yeah. About. The I mean, the front, <laughs> of course. See, I think the booty is the sexier. Like, it, look, we're not having sex in bed. I'm just catching a glimpse from the towel. The booty's a sexier shot. You don't want to see her standing there, like in all of her glory. Like from the okay, yeah, you. full frontal. You're right. I that's was thinking bottom about. half, bottom half. Towel, oh yeah, towel change. Yeah, bottom. I mean, bottom half. That's that's weird. <laughs> it is I mean, weird, right? That's totally weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give you that. What's to see? Uh, <laughs> All right. I think, well, <laughs> I think we covered it. <laughs> Anyways, don't wait for people to parking spot and get out. Change quick. Change quick. So today, a guy pulls up and board was not in the car yet. Yep. Uh, I had my pants on. I did not have a shirt on and I was going to sit there and answer emails Yeah, because I had a few minutes and I'm like, all right, I can get this email stuff done real quick. Car pulled up and I was like, you know what? Uh, I got you, bro. Yeah. I'm going to pull away. I'm going to pull over on PCH at a safe spot and answer these emails from a different parking spot. Good man. But I didn't appreciate the pressure he was applying. Of course. Rude pressure. Yeah. All right. Well, that's our PSA for the vowels out there. And actually- Core surfers alike, they, Everyone, need, they was, need to hear that. That was a societal PSA. Agreed. Uh, and don't flash people in public also. Nope. That's yeah. important. I mean, unless they're asking for it. Yeah, even then, you <laughs> put yourself at risk of criminal uh, prosecution. All right, well, this has been a great show. Thanks to all the subscribers for allowing us to live this life. Truly, thank you. They can also buy the Valpocalypse now, cut off tea that Chaz is, is sporting it, with is the it Rolex. For sale? It is for sale on surfsplendorpodcast.com slash shop. Go get it. Uh, the Rolex is making an appearance again with the cutoff. This is the, yeah, this is my watch. It's a good watch. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. All right, Chaz. Slightly used. And thanks, Album Surf as well. Come get until, yourself aboard. Until next week. Get your dead aboard. Get barrel.